teacher's desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. I don't know why you'd want Welcome out. Back. We just want you back. The same old place where you meet us every weekday morning from 7 to 10 o'clock. This is the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.09 in the morning here on the program. We're looking at a, a cool morning, cooler morning. Fall-like is the phrase that uh, our friend Adam Fike is using for the forecast today. Uh, 57 right now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 57 at the Highlands. 60 in Elm Grove. <coughs> Pardon me. And 56 degrees here. The Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be a little bit cloudy still this morning, but when the, the clouds are gone, it's going to be a sunny day, high in the mid-70s today. Sunny throughout the next week, basically. We'll be in the mid-70s today. The uh, upper 70s tomorrow will be in the 80s come Saturday and Sunday. And then by Monday, we're going to be into the low 90s and maybe 90-ish all throughout the beginning of next week. So... Uh, Adam says fall-like weather today, and indeed this may be fall-like, but it's not going to stay that way for very long because we're going to be going to uh, winter or summery weather uh, beginning on uh, on Monday. A lot of things to get into in this hour of the show. Sean Fluerty is going to join us, Ohio County Delegate, uh, primarily to talk about WVU. We have a, I've got a lot of WVU stuff to get into today. The uh, reorganization controversy continues, meeting at the Ohio County Library about that last night. Uh, I want to look at what are the best paying and least paying degrees that are offered at WVU. Got some numbers on that. And ask, is that what, an, uh, what a college education is all about, getting you the highest bang for your buck? I don't know that it necessarily is, but we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, higher education officials yesterday laid out plans to keep graduates in the state. And we'll talk about that. The Wheeling Downtowner began construction on this week in 1962, the so-called Wheeling Inn. Proposals for tearing it down and filling in space were asked for just the same week. Now, a CVB director, Frank O'Brien, joins us to talk about some of the ideas being considered. So all of that's coming up in a minute or two. It's 8, 10, 10 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I, I want to just go back for a second to the story I mentioned before the break, uh, Bob, about Mitch McConnell. Uh, and, and I feel tremendously sorry for him. Yes, I know he is a Republican. Um, I, and he has been a real impediment to a lot of things, but... He's been also somewhat of a reasonable Republican, but nonetheless, he's a human being, I guess. Uh, he had another one of those freeze-ups yesterday. Uh, he was at a press conference. Somebody asked him, um, "What do you think about what do you think about your plans for re-election?" And he just stood and stared, and, and then they said, w- "No, what do you think about that?" And he said, uh, "Think about what?" And then one of his aides came over and whispered in his ear and she says uh, what do you think about re-election senator at that point he just froze up again and we've seen this before he literally just like a like a zombie stood there for 30 seconds staring into space no vocalization no no facial expressions and eventually the uh, uh the aide once again it's happened before had to come and say senator let's uh, let's step away for a few minutes and he came back and he tried to answer questions but it was he clearly did I don't know what to say. Didn't have his whole faculty about him or something. Um, apparently, after the fact, he called all of the potential 
uh, players in the Republican Party in the Senate and said, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, boy, I don't know that he's fine. I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, na- it's natural. I mean, when you live that long, first of all, you're lucky. Uh, he's 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 old now. He's he's an older man, and he's not as quick on his feet. And in my opinion, he's 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 too old to hold that position. The same as Joe Biden. It's just they're they're too old. I'm sorry. I I, I think they they got a plenty of life ahead of them, but that is too much of a powerful position to be in when you hit that age. I'm sorry. Well, McConnell is 81, which if we're going to pick on Biden, the same age as Trump. I mean, they're all well, okay, old. OK, I don't care who. They're, they're all they're old. too old for that position. I, Come on. I, I, you not- know, I as one getting older, I, I hate to see it a function of age. But but clearly and it's not just Democrats. You know, I'm, I want to be clear about that. You know, McConnell's a Democrat. Dianne Feinstein, the senator from California. She should not be on in the Senate. There's a, there's a bunch of them. She should. She just is not. Well, there's a lot that are kind of old and eccentric. Senator Byrd was like that. But these 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 people seem to be literally losing. I mean, Feinstein. And again, she's a Democrat. So, but Feinstein didn't remember where she was one. They, they they asked her some questions and she answered a different question or something like that. And McConnell, this is. If you saw this, and he did this exact same thing before, it's spooky. It's spooky. He's like a zombie just staring into space. Common sense tells you big businesses force retirement. They're saying, no, not go away and and, and get on an iceberg and and float away. No, you just can't be in that position anymore. That is all it is. You're you're older now. You you have changed. That's all it is. And this thing to me started with the Supreme Court justices. How arrogant to think you can keep that position until death. You're not the same. You're not the smart person you was when you took that job. It's time to go. So you think there ought to be age limits for Yes, when you're that powerful, when you're making those important decisions, absolutely. I think, and I don't know how you do this because we went through this with Trump and people don't trust what what doctors and so on say. I think there are certain, I'm not sure I, I agree with you on an age limit. Although I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not totally against it. But I think there has to be some kind of a health um, review from time to time. If you've got someone like McConnell, you've got someone like Feinstein, they just don't they're they're not all there. Something is wrong. And I, you know, it may be with maybe it's something that's, I don't know, fixable. Uh, they say the last time he didn't have a stroke, but this isn't right. And it's I, I I think at some point I used to say this about driving, Bob, but then I got to be of age. I used to say that after 65, you ought to have to be required to take a driving test every couple of years. You know, you get your license at 16, you can drive un- until you choose to not drive anymore. It's the eye chart. Your eyes have, have changed. Your reflexes have changed. And I'm going to catch all kind of hell for this. But you know what? It's I think it's the truth. Robert Byrd stuck around too long. You know, he, he, he was the best we had. Nobody wanted to tell him, look, you, you can't do this anymore. But that was the right call. In hindsight, it was the right call. He wasn't the same man. He was too old. Yeah, I, I think we've got to begin to recognize that there's something going on with some of these folks at a certain point in time. And, and, and if it's just purely age, I don't know. There are people I know that are 90 that are unbelievably vital. But there also are people who are, you know, 68 that, uh, that, that can't tie their shoes. We've got to figure out how to deal with this at a, at a, at a public level.
All right. So anyway, I just want to put that story out there. Um, hopefully McConnell, I don't know what happened. We'll, we'll continue to follow it. 816, 16 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. See for Yourself is your local premier travel partner. We are passionate about crafting personalized itineraries that get you exactly where you want to go. We listen, we research your options, and then we deliver. Our clients rave about our customer service and our ability to find unheard of deals to the most popular destinations. But don't take our word for it. See for yourself. Find See for Yourself on social media or online at seeforyourself.fun. That's C-S-E-A for yourself dot F-U-N. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. suit looking for a good book searching for a unique gift the ohio valley's premier shopping choice is the highlands find jewelry hot new tech arts and crafts over two dozen stores to visit from walmart and target to cabela's menards kohl's and old navy plan a day out of shopping dining and entertainment at the highlands at the top of the hill off i-70 see it all online at hitthehighlands.com Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. That's uh, Kathy Matea. Oh, uh, Kathy Matea. She, isn't she the host now of um, Mountain Stage, I think, on public radio out of West Virginia? There you go. West Virginia's own. A Mountain State girl indeed. 819 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, we were talking about uh, politicians being too old, and Bob thinks they should go out at a certain age. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line 304-214-1600. Howard, sounds like Bob is politely pushing you out. What I'm talking about. <laughs> do you have a limit for talk show hosts too, Bob? Do you think? Well, you are going on vacation in a couple weeks. Hours. Seventy is about it, and then it's time for time for the younger ones to come in. All right, I got it. We have spent huge amounts of time over the last couple of weeks talking about uh, what's happening at WVU. I don't like it. Um, e. Gordon Gee says it's the only option they have to try and 
uh, preserve the financial stability of the university, but an awful lot of people have been disagreeing with that. And I've been waiting for a while to get the take on this from Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluherty, Mountain State WVU grad, and uh, obviously a, a passionate fan. How passionate is he? <laughs> passionate, passionate enough to get thrown out <laughs> by security when he got a little bit over rambunctious one time. But listen, uh, ask to leave Howard, not Berta. Ask to leave. Come on now. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, ask, you were asked to leave with a couple of large gentlemen uh, escorting beside you, but uh, uh, there's no security here. We're, I think you're okay. We have no intent of escorting you out. Uh, just wanted you to know, <laughs> to, know, to know that, Sean. I've been waiting and waiting to talk to you about this because you have to be bothered by this whole reorganization cutback thing, but I really don't exactly know what your take on it is. What do you think about what's happening at WVU? Well, we had a meeting yesterday here in Wheeling. Great West Virginia was in town, and we were able to adjust it a little bit. And, you know, my take is it's a double-edged sword. I think there's been some mismanagement at the top by President Guy and, and his staff. And I think there's obviously the implications of the legislature, which if you look at our funding through the years, has essentially been a freeze in recent years. And now they have a $45 million shortfall. If that funding had extended through the years at a normal rate, that shortfall would be roughly seven to $8 million. So those are the contributing factors to where we're at right now. But the important thing for me is what are the steps forward and what we've seen thus far, uh, as I was quoted this morning, seems to me to be second rate. And you can't have a flagship university in that position. It just seems to me that, that what, and I don't know if you agree, so, but you can or not. It seems to me that what's happening is Gee is taking away much of what makes a first rate university first rate. That's right. I'm over bow ties and baby dogs at this point, Howard. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's just, to me, it, we've, we've, we live on gimmicks. <laughs> Politically, we live on gimmicks. Uh, the way we've been running the university, there's a lot of gimmicks involved. And there's, there's just not enough effort to get things done. It, this past legislative session is a prime example. The President Gee came out and said, well, if I went down there and asked for money, they would have closed the door on me and... And, and it wouldn't have worked. So he didn't even try. No, but he, he, he said, I mean, Hoppy Kirchhoff asking this a month or so ago, and he said, no, I'm not going to ask for any, I'm not going to ask for more money. I'm, I'm not, we're going to figure this out on our own. We're not going to ask for more money. I, I think you are absolutely right. There are, there are two areas of responsibility here. The legislature dropped the ball. There's no question in my mind they dropped the ball, and that's because they want to keep on pretending they have these big surpluses and not do anything with them. Bingo. Uh, the administration at least does. And secondly, the the administration of the university should have seen more of the signs, the writing on the wall, should have been a little bit more prepared for this. The, the money should have been there. More money should have been there because of the legislature. But the university didn't seem to be able to see far enough ahead to know what was happening, to see the enrollment declines, to see how the uh, the pandemic was going to impact the university and so on. So I, I, mean, I think I, I, I pox on both of their houses, I guess. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I don't think that what Guy has proposed is is really the. Again, I think he forgets what the essence of the university is all about. Well, we are in a world economy. I just returned this week from Ireland with the Speaker of the House, Roger Hanshaw. 
we were invited to Ireland to celebrate the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. There are roughly, I believe, 150 legislators from throughout the United States who were invited. Two of us in West Virginia were invited. I'm proud to have been invited with Speaker Hanshaw. The point being, we are building relationships throughout the world to showcase West Virginia. And how can we do that while simultaneously allowing our flagship university to slide behind? We can't. It's not a sustainable model. It's not the way we want to showcase the world that we are first rate, that we can compete. We are a very competitive society, and this is a worldwide competition now. There are no borders in this this new economy. And we can't operate our university as if those borders exist. And if you're eliminating world languages, if you're eliminating humanities programs, you're sending the message that the borders do exist and we are not a worldwide institution. But, you know, I hear people say, look, who cares about learning a foreign language or understanding foreign culture? Uh, all, all we should do is give these people degrees they can go out and get jobs with. But that's where are the jobs? The jobs just aren't going to be in West Virginia. You've got to prepare them for jobs anywhere. And I can tell you, if you are going to stay in West Virginia, chances are you may work in a remote setting and have that availability. But guess what? Many of these jobs involve a very diverse workforce and the ability to, to understand other societies, work with them, and have the language capabilities. You're going to have a leg up on the competition if you minored in a foreign language, there's no doubt about it. All the research shows that. And some of the those are saying they're critical of it, say, well, there weren't that many people majoring in it. Well, no kidding. You don't major in it. You minor in it. I mean, that's, that's, if you look at the numbers, that's how it works. In the profit side of things, that program was profitable. So what's really the decision-making process here? Well, that's what worries me is, is there, I, I don't want to use the word hidden agenda, that sounds too conspiratorial, but is there an agenda that we're not seeing here, which is to, to remove the cultural end of the university and make it sort of a glorified trade school? Now, we're not at that point yet, but I'm worried that, that may be the end game, that this becomes a glorified trade school, and I, that, that scares the death out of me since this is our flagship land-grant university. And we ought to be bigger and better than that. Um, you know, when you have Phi Beta Kappa, I know some people say, well, who cares about that? You know, National Honor Society basically saying that uh, if you're going to drop the word languages, then you can no longer be considered a, uh, an acad a well-rounded academic university. We won't have a chapter there anymore. Those things, well, are, it, those things make a difference. You know, one of the things we point at as an institution, proud of you graduate, is the amount of Rhodes Scholars we've had. Yeah. What are the odds of having that again if you're dropping programs like that? Yeah, that, that, yes, exactly. Sean, I, have, I have heard lots of critics, I and mean, the faculty has raised questions, students have protested, uh, the public uh, protests. I think last night at this meeting, I, I did not attend, but I read the piece in the morning paper. It seemed like most folks who were at this public meeting uh, or Zoomed in or whatever were unhappy with what's being done there. I've heard uh, Phi Beta Kappa's complained. Numerous other universities have complained uh, national media, it's been embarrassing, the headlines that we've seen. Was it Forbes magazine who said West Virginia is too poor to have a good university? All of this has been very negative. I haven't heard any institution, any group, any individual speak up and say this is the right thing to do. You're right, Howard. Neither have I. I haven't received 
anything in my email box or my phone calls or anything saying this is the right move. And I feel like the rug's being pulled out from everyone because they didn't see it coming. Mm. You know, and President Gee, we can be critical of for not preparing in a post-pandemic world for a decline in, in those attending university, which that's not just a West Virginia university problem. That's the problem across the entire country. And you have to prepare for it. And then at the, on the flip side, when you come from a legislative perspective, to act like we don't have the money is absurd because day in and day out, Jim Justice and those in leadership flaunt the fact we have a major surplus, the <laughs> largest in the state's history. We just stroked a check to Marshall University, which I supported, for $45 million for a cybersecurity program. So the money is there and then some. So why aren't we sitting at the table and figuring it out? Why hasn't President Gee met with leadership in the legislature to say, I understand maybe $45 million isn't available, but it's 20 I yeah, mean, exactly. These things make sense to me, and yeah. that's how you build relationships and get things done. <laughs> but that didn't even happen. No. And, and now, to, to Geese, uh, in trying to present his point of view, he pointed out that the uh, legislature and the administration have given significant amounts of project money for specific things to the university, not necessarily a general fund account, but but they have funded a number of things. And so he said, we do get money. Uh, get money from the state. Uh, you know, Sean, it, it really goes beyond just WVU, though. We hear, as you say, almost every single day that Jim Justice talks about this great surplus that we have and how I've saved us all this money and we can be able to, uh, you know, do so. And yet we don't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have we have so many problems in the state uh, and, and we don't do anything with these so-called extra money. Now, I'm not really sure that the extra money is extra money. I think it's a fudged budget, in my opinion. You're but, spot on, Howard. I mean, <laughs> look, if you don't pay your bills, but yet your bank account increases because you're not spending the money to pay your bills, do you really have a surplus in your household? Yeah, exactly. Do you? Yeah. No, you don't have a functioning household. And that's exactly where we're at now. There are many programs, higher education, a prime example, that's not functioning properly. We've had universities close. I mean, <laughs> these are things you point to and go, well, that's not a well-functioning uh, government. And uh, I put education as certainly part of the government, as it should be. And, and that's where we're at now. And here, let's talk about another issue. So we have a, de a decline in the number of students going to Western University and other universities. But we have a legislature that passes laws that do not help bring students in. What do I mean by that? We just passed campus carry. That's not bringing students in. An abortion ban that every statistic and under the sun tells you that young women do not want to attend a university in a state where there's an abortion ban. And the, the legislature didn't help with any of that. Right? You're putting President Gee and other university leadership in a tough position. How can you sell a university when you have guns in dorms an abortion man. You know, let's I, talk about it. Let's have the frank discussion. I'm right. The statistics tell me so. I had to chuckle yesterday at the uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce summit, the business summit at the Greenbrier, and uh, E. Gordon Gee and Brad Smith from Mercer University announced a joint program. I guess it designed to try to keep students who graduate staying here in the state. First Ascent, West Virginia, I think they called it. One of the lines that made me chuckle, though, was. The program aligns with the values of the up-and-coming generation. Excuse me? <laughs> I, I don't know about the goals of this particular program, 
But I can tell you the goals of the state as the Republican-led legislature has set them up is not to align with the values of the up-and-coming generation. In fact, the state is at opposite with what the up-and-coming generation wants. The state wants to be exclusive. They do not want to include LGBTQ. They want to be careful about not teaching the wrong thing in schools because we can't teach about slavery. They want to, as you point out, have an abortion ban. The state doesn't comprehend, by the state I mean the GOP supermajority legislature, they don't understand what the up-and-coming generation wants. So I had to chuckle. We align with the values of the up-and-coming generation. Bull crap. Well, not only do they not understand it, they don't even attempt to try. I mean, the, the emails, conversations I had on those two pieces of legislation we just discussed, heartbreaking. And there's other ones out there. And it's young people who care, who are growing up in our state and don't know if they belong here. Don't know if they can be in a state where their own legislature treats them as if they don't exist. You know, and do you think those individuals are going to go to WVU? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. And if they're in-state students, they may go to WVU, at least up until the university changes too much. They may go to WVU because it's the home state university. But the question is, will they stay around afterwards? And again, we are we have created a state that essentially says to young people who have anything that pro resembles a progressive point of view, get out. In fact, the chairman of the Republican Party said that. That's right. She literally said, quite literally. she yeah, literally, literally said, if you don't like what we're doing, if you want some place that, 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 that has LGBTQ protections, if you want some place that is willing to talk about the reality of slavery, if you want to leave the state, go somewhere else. We don't yeah. want you here. What kind of a message does that send? Yeah. Yeah, now I'm getting a lot. That's the party platform. It, it is. And then you're seeing the laws to back it up. You sit in a room and complain all day, and, and uh, unless people act and look just like you you sit around tell them all to leave eventually you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be the last one left sean you know, shut the lights off on your way out you said in the beginning that uh, all right you know we, we can talk about how to lay blame but let's talk about what do we do moving forward with wvu what what is the what's the next step what do we do to move forward i mean i don't see any willingness on Guy's part to significantly modify his plans he modified them a little bit in the world languages, but but not significant. I don't see any 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 reason to believe that he's going to change his mind on any of this stuff. So what's next? I think on my end, I'd like to see a plan that includes a sustainable model to compete with the rest of the world. I mean, do you want to be the flagship university or not? And does leadership want to take the steps to keep it that way? I'm not so sure that's the case. You know, Guy has all but said he has one year left. He has a, had a one-year extension. And he's going to move on after that. So we're at a critical point. It's not. It, it's not going to be a President Gee answer. He's one. Well, he has one year left. So he's already said he's leaving in a year. Got one year contract. And he yeah. says afterwards he's done. But even given that, should he be fired? I. You know. Look, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the board of governors, and they just extended him one year, but. I would have liked to have seen more effort from him and his administration this past legislative session because obviously they knew what was happening. They knew they were going to have a major shortfall, and it was not there. I mean, if I was in Charleston just sitting on my hands and not speaking up, the electorate would be frustrated, and they would like me vote me out. Yeah. You know? I, 
I've always been a fan of Gies, and I always thought he had a, a forward-thinking attitude. And as you said, maybe I was blinded by the bow tie. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but this, this whole debacle makes me rethink my, my feelings about, about Guy as president. Again, it's almost a moot point because he's out in a year regardless. But what it is important now is that we, the Board of Governors and the state as a whole figure out what kind of a president do we want when Guy goes, do we want someone to pick up this cut, cut, cut mantle that he seems to be into right now? Or do we want someone who has a bigger, broader understanding of the meaning of a true first-class university? And I, I don't know, Howard. I, I mean, when you look at it, on what's being said, it doesn't really give you a bunch of confidence, does it? No. And that's the, that's the big question mark is what does it look like moving forward? Yep. Well, I don't have any answers for that, but I think it's something we've got to really pay close attention to. And, uh, I, you know, and I, Guy is, uh, this, these these changes are not done at the university. And then he turns his attention to some of the, uh, the uh, I guess you call them branch d- divisions that he's going to be looking at as well. So it's a little scary. A couple of the quick texts here before I let you go. Uh, folks are not agreeing with us um, off the Frio Stack auction service text line. No bailout, no bailout. Throwing money at a problem never works. Well, it's not throwing money at a problem. It's 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 the really? money is needed to make things work. I don't see it as a bailout. I see sit down. What's your plan? How can we help execute it? And, it's not a bailout. A ba- you know, the same people in one breath will say that about West Virginia University, and then mandate that we bail out every. <laughs> Yes. Every uh, right. sector that's out there, if it means losing one job, right, right, and we do that on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we want to, uh, we'll, we'll give big money to coal companies or to power plants to keep on using coal, but uh, we, we can't give money to the university to continue educating well-rounded students. Hell, we bailed out the Greenbrier, Howard. Before I was elected, we bailed out the Greenbrier. Well, that's a good place. You know, I'm going down to the Greenbrier for Christmas. I, I, want, it to be, I want it to be a nice place to go. Guess what? I would have supported that. Did it work? <laughs> yes, it did. It worked very well. There you, there you go. Well, maybe John, maybe we could. Oh, never mind. I was, I was going on a different road. I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, quick thoughts. What do you think about the U.S. Senate race coming up? Europe, just you're not in it or anything, but I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> it would be exciting if I was. It certainly was. Are you, uh, uh, you know, I think the governor is obviously operating as someone running for U.S. Senate, not a governor of a state, and that's a problem. Yeah. I think Joe is waiting to see what he wants to do. I don't know if he has a decision made. I don't know if we will know in the short term. Uh, it's just... It, we're, we're in the next six months. Things will get interesting. It's just been a just a strange time everywhere, but certainly in West Virginia. All right, Sean, I appreciate it. Try not to get uh, thrown out of any more places. Hey, I'm heading. I'm heading to Penn State because, as a diehard WVU fan, as we all know, yep, I will be at Penn State. I promise. I will get through the game. My- I got through. <laughs> you know, in in Ireland, we had the opportunity to go to the uh, Navy game in Notre Dame. Made it through that, Howard. You know. So we're going to be all right. <laughs> just, just watch your P's and Q's, please, uh, Sean. You know, just uh, <laughs> remember. It, hey, it, any it, day I can get under the skin of pit fans and the pit, <laughs> pit basketball players, that's a good day, and that's called the gaining votes, Howard. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> there you go. All right, Sean. Good talking to you. We'll do it again sometime soon. Thanks a lot.
Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluarty. Um, yeah, I hope when he goes to the next game that he doesn't get escorted out. What did he tell me? You know, I wasn't thrown out. I was. They just asked me to leave. Okay, that's a interesting distinction. It's 8.40, 20 till the hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Time to check in with uh, Rebecca Little. She's got Ohio Valley headlines. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for Thursday, August 31st. 7 News spoke to longtime Tampa resident Dave Dixon, who lives in an area that was hit hard by Hurricane Adalia. Dixon's area was not ordered to be evacuated, but he says the last several years have been difficult for Florida's Gulf Coast. The dangerous Category 3 hurricane made landfall along Florida's Big Bend region yesterday, but the eye of the storm has already left the Sunshine State and has been downgraded to a tropical storm. And despite that, forecasters say the storm remains a threat. And the man accused of threatening Pittsburgh Tree of Life jury and witnesses will stay in jail. Judge Mazzone denied his release, saying he is a danger to the community. Hardy Carol Lloyd is charged with obstruction of justice, transmitting threats, and witness tampering. And a quick traffic update for you. 16th Street between Main Street and Market Street is set to reopen this afternoon. Market Street will remain closed to through traffic between 14th Street and 16th Street. will keep you updated if anything changes. And student loan interest resumes tomorrow after three-and-a-half-year pause due to COVID. This could add financial strain on many households. Makai Price with New River Community and Technical College says there are ways to plan ahead and assist with repayments. Meanwhile, the Wheeling Police Department has brought back its highly requested Citizens Police Academy after a four-year hiatus. For the next 13 weeks, people can do everything from meeting canine units to watching drone launches to being put in a shoot or don't shoot situation. And that was a look at your morning 7 News headlines. Have a great day, Ohio Valley. I'm Rebecca Little, working for you. Neil Brown breaks down his checklist for Saturday's game. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Ask any head football coach if their team is ready for their season opener, and you'll probably get the same response. Not really. Neil Brown explains why. The scary part as a head coach is there's so many situational aspects to college football is making sure you got your team prepared. There's new clock rules, and you just think about, you know, a, a block kick, what are the rules? Or any, you know, kickoff return, your your ball, is when's it go in the end zone, when does it not go in the end zone? There's just so many little minutiae details of getting a team ready 
So as a head coach, my biggest is always, okay, I've got these hit lists that I go. i got one for defense, offense, special teams. And I'm like, all right, I'm double-checking that thing. You know, if that's, that's kind of what I lose sleep on is, okay, do we cover everything? If you're following this preparation for Saturday's game, you know that Penn State is highly touted, very big, very physical, and that's exactly what Neil Brown has been preparing for. This is definitely the most physical camp we've had in our five years here. We've tackled more. We've done more good-on-good um, good work. And we've worked on tackling in general as much as they let us um, by the rules. We've had a little bit of friendly fire where, you know, there may be some people that are questionable going into the game. Again, more backups than, than starters. But that's, that's kind of the price you pay. Um, but I knew that this game was going to be extremely physical. When you look at both their line of scrimmages and the talent they have, we had to give our guys a chance. And the only way we gave, give them a chance is to be super physical. Will it pay off? We'll know week one, week three, four, you know, as we, as we get into this. Mountaineer head coach Neil Brown. Join him tonight for his season debut of the Neil Brown Show beginning at 6 right here on MSN. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. New class, fresh faces, a new school year welcomes us in. It's back to school time. And we're here with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. to the hour here watchdog morning show we are looking at uh, 60 degrees wheeling ohio county airport 59 at the highland 62 in elm grove what do you got here bob 
It is uh, 57. 57 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling. In the heart of the Ohio Valley, fall-like weather throughout the day today. Clear skies later in the day. Temperatures mid-70s today, upper 70s tomorrow, 80s moving on. You can tell until we hit the 90s come uh, Labor Day Monday. First time our Mountaineer report uh, for a while. Tony Caridi was in with us. He'll be with us every day around this time to talk about the Mountaineers going on. Uh, Tony and Neil Brown there. Thoughts on the Mountaineers uh, season, Bob? Not going to be a good one? Well, everybody else thinks uh, thinks not. Uh, yeah, tough you tough think way to start the season. I don't know. I, again, uh, I think what sometimes when you're the underdog, I, I think everybody pounds on you, and it's easy to pound on you. We'll know a lot after Saturday. Uh, I, I just hope they're able to show up and not get beat, you know, 50, 56 to 3, something like that. But uh, we'll see. Think well, did you, what'd you tell me? The did you, is there a line on this? You told me there was like twenty and one half points, three touchdowns. The the, the big shot bookies think that uh, Penn State is going to beat the West Virginia by three touchdowns. I wonder how Neil Brown feels about this whole season. I mean, we ended up the last season, weren't sure if he was even coming back, right? Well, I mean, he 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 weathered the storm last year. I mean, I think they pretty much he he the, the handwriting's on the wall if they haven't already told him now if. if Let's let's look at the possibilities. Uh, you got you got two of your biggest rivalries right out of the shoot. Yeah, uh, Penn State is the seventh ranked team in the country. They're they're good. Everybody knows they're good. If if if, if you get embarrassed at Happy Valley and then somehow things go go wrong against Pitt, it could be over right right then. It could be over just if for no other reason than it destroys the morale. But at the same time, you know Neil Brown has a shot now. It's not a very good shot. The, you know when you think about the Wolves nipping at his, you know what last year. Let's say they they let's say somehow somehow we we we've seen it before. It's not very often, but we've seen it before. It can be done. It can be done. So let's say he, he, he. What I'm saying is Neil Brown could could I think save his job, could turn could turn things completely around with two great showings against Penn State and Pitt. Now is that likely? No. Is it possible? Yes. He has a chance. Wins probably unlikely, but as you say, if it's not an embarrassing, if if either one, neither one of them is overly embarrassing, if they keep it down to a, well, a touchdown or something, I know. think we can say that with Penn State, they have to be pit. It, it, there's no excuses there. I it, we we seen that last year. You know, everybody will say the same thing. West Virginia should have beat, beat Pitt last year. Well, that doesn't mean anything. They got beat. I I think that holds true pit. in Happy Valley, which is a really really difficult place to win. So uh, let's say the Penn State game isn't an embarrassment, but you almost got to win the Pitt game. Pitt's home? It is. And that's our first home game. I don't have, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I believe so, yes. I, I think so. I think so. All right, well, we'll have all the games for you here on the Watchdog Radio. We'll Network. have it. Don't so, know how long you'll listen before you go click, or you might <laughs> say, yes, baby, we're back. You know, stick it to the end because, remember, strange things can happen. You know, just one, one play can turn everything around. Trying to, I'm trying to get some. I can sense that, Howard. Positive optimism. The West Virginia grad that you are, you, you and uh, Fluhardy, a couple homers. That's exactly right. Both of us now attacking the university for all the changes that they're making. Do you know what the most lucrative? Uh, I came across a, a um, an actual report of the most lucrative college majors at WVU. The ones when you graduate, you are most likely to make a lot of money. Um, I don't think any will surprise you. I don't know if you want to make just take a stab at it or well, probably some kind of something in the medical field. I would think actually engineering, uh, petroleum engineering is number one. That's big, and petroleum engineering actually is the number one 
or is it one of the top two in the country in terms of raising, uh, of getting really good good money? If you graduate WVU with a petroleum engineering degree, you start out at about eighty thousand dollars a year. That's what this report says. Uh, industrial engineering comes in second, seventy-seven thousand, and chemical engineering the same. So the, the engineering degrees are the big ones. Aerospace, aeronautical, and astronautical uh, engineering. Also there in computer science. So those are the top five. Not surprising. The sciences, we've got good engineering schools, so that, that, that makes some sense. What's the, lo- the least lucrative college major at WVU? Probably teaching. Uh, I don't think they have teaching, actually. But drama. Drama. Uh, you know. Actors. Yeah, actors. Who, need, who needs them? Drama, theater, arts, those kinds of things. Uh, the least lucrative college major, followed by music, followed by biblical studies. I didn't even know we had a degree in biblical studies. Family and consumer services, uh, and then human development. Um, I don't know what that is. Um, so those are the least lucrative college majors. Highest is petroleum engineering, eighty thousand. The least uh, drama theater major, under twenty thousand. Pretty big difference there. Huge difference. But you know, it's something that I've talked about. And I think you agree with me in general. Sometimes it's not always about the money you make. Yeah, if you're happy. But a lot of people don't think that way, Howard. They think, well, I can be unhappy if my bank account is uh, full of uh, George Washington. So- and, and I, you know, look, money doesn't make the world go around, but it makes the world a lot easier. It does, but I, I bought it a long, long time ago that there's so much more to life than money. I'm uh, with you. Yeah, there is. I wish I had more. Don't get me wrong. If you want to send some my way, I will accept it. And, Howard, we have been corrected. Thank you, uh, Coach Delbrook. Uh, West Virginia, after the Penn State game, their home opener is Duquesne. Oh, okay. All right. So thanks, Coach. I should know that you should, because I should well, have, I don't have a schedule, should here, have schedule here someplace, and I don't. It's my fault. But I appreciate that. And let me tell you this. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Big limb. Here you are. You're if out there. You're something out there. goes wrong with the home opener against Duquesne, yeah. forget about the pit game that's because it. he ain't going to be there for that <laughs> one. Brown just may pack up his bags and just go. Is that, that's it. That's you got to beat Duquesne. Hey, <laughs> Mountaineer, it's been nice to see you. Off I, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you on that. Six before the hour. I think I have a break to do, don't I? Yeah. Six before the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get your fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. You're gonna make a run And you plan on having fun The one place you should know Gumby's Grab and Go
on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Everybody knows you've been stepping on my toes and I'm getting pretty tired of it. You keep a stepping out of line and I'm messing with my mind. If you had any sense, you'd quit. Cause ever since you were a little bitty teeny girl, you said I was the only man in this whole world. Now you better do some thinking, then you'll find you got the only daddy that'll walk the line. Four till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, next hour, Frank O'Brien here in studio with us from the Convention and Visitors Bureau. I want to specifically talk about the plans for the Wheeling Inn property where the uh, old downtowner Wheeling Inn is right now, going to be torn down. What what are they going to do with that? But I want to kind of get talk, Frank involved in our conversation this week about the visioning for downtown Wheeling in general as things move forward. Uh, Bob, back to WVU just for a second. You're wiser than I am on this stuff. I don't, I don't even know who any of the starters are. So who, who are some of the starters and uh, the team? I couldn't tell you, Howard. I lost complete interest. Uh, no one's jumped out on me. I, you know, now toward, towards the course of the year, there will be names that I will remember. But right now. I don't now, even know a name. Right I, I, now, so I, you, could, you could say to me, Bob Slatter, I'll give you $10 million. All you have to do is this. Name a starter on offense or defense for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Your home university. Pretty easy, huh? Uh, <laughs> can I call a friend? <laughs> well, don't call me. I got to call Howard. Because, I mean, I don't even – seriously, I don't even know a name. Um, and and uh, maybe that's my fault. You know, maybe maybe that's – yeah, maybe I should know better. You know, knows, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a single name. I would blurt out Johnson, Washington, Smith, <laughs> Jones, somebody. Dion, there's usually a Dion somewhere, right? I mean, I, it's, it's, I just, I have, I have no idea. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so I, even ten million dollars wouldn't, you, you wouldn't get it right. Now, if they beat Penn State. At Happy Valley, you know, somebody's going to be a, a, a folk hero, Howard, so we'll just have to wait and see. Donnie Gilbert, again, that you can hear right on these airways from noon to three this afternoon, predicts a win. He's, he, he's the Joe name. If, if you see Donnie waving his finger, take a good look. He's not, he's not flipping you off. He's saying we're number one. He guarantees a Mountaineer win. And Mr. McCabe uh, says it is my fault he, on the text line. It is your fault. C.J. Donaldson. Is that helping you? No. Zach Frazier. <laughs> Oh, Garrett Green. No, no. Nah. These are the apparently I should know these names, but I'm I'm sorry. I good good that I know, but so McCabe says it's my fault for not knowing these things. Uh, well, let's Jerry see. Ames, who's really up on this stuff, you know, Jerry knows. Jerry, he's, I mean, look, he's a play-by-play guy. Himself. He's the voice of Wheeling Central. He says, "All I know is this: the starting central, uh, the starting center is Zach Frazier." Right, that's the name that McCabe gave because us because he went to Fairmont High School. All right, West Virginia boy. <laughs> All right, so clearly, except for McCabe, who wants to show off his uh, his uh, superiority. Uh, none of us know what's going on there with the, with the team. But you're right. It, after the second, we'll find out. By the way, speaking of September 2nd, is it second? Uh, yes, you guys Saturday. are back, right? Uh, good old boys on sports. Brian Beresford, Bob Slatter, yours truly. Baron Bob from 8 to 9 this Saturday. Busy uh, busy Saturday from now on. Through, well, it's been busy already, but now adding Bob and Bear into the whole mix, it's going to be great. Uh, this ONN Sports Magazine, Metro News Scoreboard, a West Virginia Outdoors uh, with Chris Lawrence at 7 o'clock. Then the good old boys uh, from 8 to 9. Sunday, Saturday morning sports huddle comes in at 9. And uh, WVU Penn State is 430. 
this weekend. That's so the pregame show. Check that out. ABC covers the world. Uh, that's next. And then we're going to talk with Frank O'Brien from the CBB. That's coming up. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. What's going on with Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell? It's a question after he froze and then struggled to speak twice, seconds apart, at a news conference in Kentucky. McConnell's office telling ABC News in both instances, the senator just felt lightheaded. But concern is growing for the 81-year-old leader, who has had a series of health scares this year. A fall in March left him with a concussion and fractured rib. He spent weeks in rehab. Then in July, another fall on an airport jet bridge. And sources tell us that for months, the senator has sometimes used a wheelchair. ABC's Rachel Scott, dozens dead in Johannesburg, South Africa, at least 73 killed and counting in a massive building fire. And the fire broke out Thursday morning and destroyed a building in Johannesburg's central business district. At least 63 bodies have been recovered from the site so far, with the death toll expected to rise. Over 40 others were injured. Search and rescue operations are ongoing. The building was an abandoned building turned into an informal settlement that homeless people had moved into. In as Guterres, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis will address the recovery efforts from Tropical Storm and Dahlia. The storm is out in the Atlantic now, off Wilmington, North Carolina, but it hit Florida's Big Bend region as a Cat 3 hurricane. Areas around Tampa Bay were flooded by a Dahlia surge as the storm passed off to the west. Those waters have largely subsided. But near the spot where the storm came ashore, the damage is extensive. The top of the roof just caves in on me and my three kids and my grandson. Bilan Thomas lives in the hard-hit town of Perry, Florida. My daughter is pregnant. She's five months pregnant, but I was able to pull her out of it. Adalia's lingering after effect is the hundreds of thousands of power outages in four states. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Tampa. The Labor Department out with new and encouraging jobless claim numbers. Claims fell by 4,000 last week, showing job hunters are finding success. You're listening to ABC News. At Fisher Investments, our clients know we have their backs. How do your clients know that? Because Fisher Investments is a fiduciary, the highest standard for a financial advisor. It means we're there for our clients and always put their interests first. So wait. You do it because you have to? No, we do it because it's the right thing to do. Our clients trust us with their retirement savings, and we know how important that responsibility is. So we take the time to really get to know them. Get to know them how? We make sure we understand their unique goals, finances, health, family, and lifestyle, so we can tailor their portfolio.